Geek Vibes Live is rated G for Geek. Hey, this is Matt Lesher. This is Phil Lamar. Hey, this is Rod Taylor, a.k.a. The Penguin Gotham. You are listening to Geek Vibes Live. Hello, everyone. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you're listening to this from. Welcome to another exciting episode of Geeks Geek Vibes Live Interview. It's a little bit of a tongue twister, guys, but welcome. Uh, as always, I'm your host, Tia Fabi. We're going to have a really fantastic show today. We're going to be speaking with uh, Courtney Taylor. Um, for anyone who doesn't know, Courtney is a very talented voiceover actress who is currently working on Cartoon Network's OKKO OK Let's Be Heroes as the character KO. Um, we will be speaking with her very shortly. Again, welcome everyone who is listening in. Um, I really got to say, um, aren't voiceover actors and actresses kind of like the unsung heroes of Hollywood? We all listen to cartoons, whether it be cartoons, animes, video games, um, and all of these great characters that people have cosplayed for written fan fiction for, drew fan art for, are all voiced by people, are all brought to life by actors and actresses that we don't see because we're seeing a character. And it's thanks to Courtney who really bring all of those people on. And I'm really excited. Guys, here she is. Welcome, Courtney. Hi, guys. How are you? <laughs> How are you, Courtney? I'm good. I'm uh, frantically packing to go to Australia for PAX Australia. So sorry about uh, earlier in the week. I uh, Everything is just getting front loaded. <laughs> oh, no, that's awesome. You're going to Australia? Yeah, I'm uh, another voice actress. Sissy Jones and I are going to PAX Australia to do some stuff. Um, she's working with her game companies that she's working with right now, and I'll be doing some some stuff for Bethesda um, and just generally kind of bouncing around doing a voice actor panel and, uh, you know, just doing what we do. <laughs> but in Australia. That's, that's really awesome. Um, is it kind of frequent for you to travel to other countries for your jobs as a voice actress? Generally, I travel domestically to conventions around the United States, but uh, occasionally I'll go to, you know, uh, the United Kingdom. Um, I've been to New Zealand, to Armageddon, uh, which was awesome. We got to go to Hobbiton and stuff. So it's, it's great because we get to go and meet fans and people who love games and cartoons that we work on, as well as getting to explore you know, different parts of the country. I've spent time in Alabama, Georgia, Tennessee, um, you know, a lot of places that I might not get to go 
but I'm lucky enough to do this job. And that's one of the, the, you know, extra fun parts of it is, is getting to bounce around to these, these conventions. Yeah, that's really awesome. Um, did you happen to attend your Comic-Con recently? <laughs> I actually did not go to uh, New York Comic-Con. I didn't go to um, San Diego Comic-Con this year. I ended up going to Dragon Con oh, and, nice. uh, over in Atlanta, which is, I call it the nerding man of conventions. <laughs> um, and it, it's a favorite of mine. Uh, so doing something called Nerds Vote, which is which is something that uh, voice actors J.P. Carliac and Mary Elizabeth McGlynn put together to register people to vote at conventions. So um, it's been fantastic to be able to do outreach as well for nonpartisan voter registration in places that might not get the same kind of love as big places like New York. Although we did have some people... Uh, Mark Ruffalo was wearing a Nerds Vote pin that weekend, and we had a lot of people come by and get pins and stickers and get registered and get signed up for Turbo Vote, which reminds you to vote on Election Day by via uh, text message. So there's a lot of cool stuff happening. Oh, that's really we, awesome, Matt. That's real, I'm, and I'm so sorry to interrupt. I just think that's really cool that you're using your platform to do something such as voting, um, which is so important, obviously, to our country and moving forward. Um, I wish we had something like that at near Comic-Con. Yeah. Well, we did, we did have some, some folks, and hopefully we'll get a, you know, a proper table next year. But I, I think the um, – because this isn't just about the midterms. This is really about uh, turning you know, that, uh, i got to go vote civic duty kind of thing into like, I get to go vote civic pride. Um, and so we're going to continue to do this, you know, long after the elections, we started kidding around and saying, you know, voting, it's not a trend, it's a lifestyle. Um, but that's true. And, uh, and it's really important because, you know, conventions are the home base for nerds and geeks and people who have been underrepresented for a long time and these are all people who are interested you know so much so many of our stories are about being heroes and you can be a hero in real life you know instead of just playing it in a video game or in your imagination you can actually do something to change the world and so um, you know especially it's I think it's really important to give representation to people who haven't been in the past and also for, you know, young people to get involved because we're going to leave this all to them. So <laughs> they, you know, I, I want to create some investment for them. Some, you know, they need to be steering this because it's going to be all theirs. So, you know, I'm just trying to get people to get educated and make, make an ed- educated decision when they go to vote. And not sit yeah. it out, you know, because they forgot or they weren't prepared. We we actually went on Critical Role, um, the live D&D show. The other night, they have a show called Everything is Content. And we did a pre-voter party um, mm. where we all got together and reviewed the issues and had cocktails and snacks. And 
you know, we're encouraging people to do that in the days before the election to get, get together with your friends, split up the issues, research them, eat. Well, because that was like, and that's awesome because, you know, being in the whole nerd culture, what's really fantastic about it is this sense of belonging and the sense of um, friendship. And what we've really all kind of grown up with is the, uh, your parents telling you the things that you shouldn't speak about with others and one of them being politics. But if you have these people who all like the same thing and they can band together and they can then, as you said, be heroes in real life and go and vote on things that are going to affect the future. That is fantastic. I'm really just blown away to hear that this is what you're involved in. Thank you. I, I do feel like, and even if your friends don't agree, that's, that's the thing is you can sit down and, and research things and people are going to have in, different interests and that's okay. You know, but if, if we can be a microcosm of, you know, getting together, you can disagree with people and just be like, okay, cool. That's your choice. This is my choice. And it doesn't have to be, you know, it doesn't have to be volatile. It's just, Hey, we both are making educated decisions. We're both doing the research. And right. that's what we're just trying to promote is really, you know, just get the information and get the information from reputable sources, you know, check your work and make it fun. You know, know your rights, know if you get time off to go vote, take it. And if you don't, you know, band together with your friends and go, go vote and then go out to dinner afterwards, you know? Right. Like, don't make it a chore. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, bring your kids or walk your dog down there, or, you know. <laughs> um, all of those things can make it – I'm half Australian, and if you don't vote in Australia, you get fined. So <laughs> Really? We, yeah. So uh, we, we definitely um, – we're not getting fined, so we might as well just make a party out of it, you know. <laughs> Absolutely. And, you know, um, I'm sure that – so as you said, you go to these conventions, you, you know, are really a part of this amazing movement to help people, which your um, position as a voice actress has kind of helped you do. Um, how did you even get into the world of voice acting? I actually went, um, I, I was going, I was applying for a master's program in New York from my theater school and I went to audition for uh, the program. And, and at the time I was running a boxing gym, like a boxing fitness gym. I was managing one and I taught a lot of fitness classes and I had, you know, a scratchier voice than I do now, but it wasn't insane. But I went in and I did my Shakespearean monologue and my <laughs> contemporary monologue. And the guy was like, you have a terrible voice. Your voice will never carry <laughs> In a theater, you, I can't possibly even look at your application without you going to the doctor and getting treated for those vocal cord nodes. And um, so I left. I was really upset, and I went back to my uh, voice and speech teacher, and she said, you know, I think you have a cool voice. You might want to look into doing voiceover. And I didn't even know what that was. I mean, I, she was like, it's, you know, when you watch TV and there's somebody talking over your Clorox commercial and cartoons and stuff and, and video games were pretty nascent at that point. And um, so I was just kind of thinking, Oh, I'll go take a commercial voiceover class. 
So I went and took a beginning class. The minute I got behind the mic, I was like, oh, this is amazing. Because I had grown up reading out loud, like the Chronicles of Narnia and things like that to my mom when we would be stuck in traffic in the car. And so I was like, oh, I think I've been preparing my whole life for this, actually. <laughs> and <laughs> I, and unlike most of my friends who went to like proper theater school and did plays and, um, you know, grew up performing, I didn't. And so this was my performances were for my mom in the car during San Francisco traffic hours. So, um, uh, and I, I took the class and the woman who taught it was a casting director. She called me in for an audition for a, a hospital and I booked the audition and I thought, oh, well, you know, that's a sign. And, um, and from there, I just continued to take classes because I loved it so much and I just wanted the opportunity to keep doing it. So um, that was sort of the start of it. And then I got into commercials from there and uh, did commercials for, I don't know, five years before I booked a video game ever. Um, and, you know, then we kind of built from there. So I guess you would kind of say that that um, person's kind of uh... – I don't want to say crap advice, but that one person's, you know, criticism of your voice ended up being kind of the best, um, best uh, advice that really transcended you on your journey as a voice actress. Oh, for sure. I mean, I, I am one of those people that works best in the face of adversity. Um, I've, you know, I've had people tell me I can't do things over and over and over again. And I'm always like, I'm sorry, what did you say? <laughs> so <laughs> I, I thank that guy for being so harsh to me. I mean, I left that audition in tears. And, uh, but it really was the thing where I was just like, it both got me on a journey that I never even considered. I mean, kids grow up now knowing that this is a career, knowing that, you know, people take classes that, in college and, I didn't have a clue. And so guy being so mean absolutely changed the course of my life. And it also solidified for me that when people, I always say this at conventions, you know, the thing that people tease you about, the thing that people tell you is not good about you oftentimes ends up being your superpower later on. You know, it ends up being the thing that makes you special and, Although, yeah, I would probably never play <laughs> Juliet in <laughs> Romeo and Juliet with my voice. That's not who I am. Right. So that's okay. You know, uh, I would play the nurse. <laughs> I would play, <laughs> uh, you know, um, Olivia or, or something. And, and there's, you kind of just dial down on what it is that makes you you. And I think it's harder when you're younger. But as you get, you know, further along in your life, you are like, all right, this is my thing. And especially for people who want to be actors, I think it's really important to both know what your sort of signature is and then also, you know, be able to, to push out from that. But, like, kind of know what your signature voice is, your signature role is, your, you know, the things that you do the best. And use that as sort of your baseline and then, and then go play. And, you know, people can be really mean. I mean, how many people do we know that are like, you know, 
uh, beautiful women who are six feet tall who are like, oh, everyone called me horse face and said I was a beanpole. And it's like, you know, now they're supermodels. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> you know, the people who got teased for being in AV class, you know, or being the, you know, AV guy are now like running a tech company. You know, that's and I love superpower. hearing stories like that, you know, just people rising from adversity or just harsh criticism in their younger years. And then it's like, hey, look at me. What am I doing? And then look at you. What are you doing? <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, there's never uh, you go go to at least one reunion in your life, <laughs> be it a high school reunion, be it a college reunion. But, you know, I mean, just know in your heart that that really like that creativity, that thing that makes you different, the thing that you like that maybe nobody else likes. I mean, we just went and spent the afternoon at the Critical Role Studio. You know, they're a live D&D show. How many people got picked on for playing D&D when they were younger? And now, you know, these guys have a channel built around D&D. How cool is that? I think it's really cool. I don't know if you know um, the actress uh, Deborah Ann Wool. She currently plays Karen Page on the uh, Daredevil franchise and other Marvel shows. But one of the coolest things to me was she had an interview and she was talking about how she is a huge D&D fan. That she, and I don't know much about D&D, so I'm going to sound a little, like, silly, but she is, like, a dungeon master, and she spends her Mm -hmm. weeks um, trying to put together what they're going to do when they all get together and play, and it's, like, I think it's important to have, you know, people like her, who you would never think are into D&D, normalizing the game and saying this is not something that should be made fun of this is something that people enjoy doing just like people enjoy getting together on Sundays and watching football exactly exactly I mean and uh, you know that's the thing is everything everything good should be normalized you know if you're not hurting other people like be you enjoy your own sexuality enjoy your own like you know, side gigs, enjoy, you know, like what you like, love who you love, all that kind of stuff. Like, you know, all of that stuff should just be like people, it's it, it's a perfect example. You know, it's no weirder to play D&D than it is to watch football. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, one of your current roles right now is of the character KO in OK KO, Let's Be Heroes on Cartoon Network. And there and correct me if I'm wrong, and I'd love to hear your opinion about this. But with cartoons that are on channels like Cartoon Network, is there definitely a um, is there is it discussed about that what you're doing and what you're playing, the roles, the script, is all to kind of help children subliminally as they're watching it really help them shape them as they go on into society and become adults. Well, I mean, I'm not sure what goes on in the writer's room at OKKO, but I know that, um, you know, Ian Jones-Cordy is uh, our creator, and I think, you know, his work is a reflection of who he is as a person. It's somebody who's really accepting, really kind, 
really interested in telling all kinds of stories that represent all kinds of people. Um, you know, the, one of the things I love about Keo is that he is such a, you know, they say innocent. He's so sweet and innocent. And I'm like, is he though, or is he just our best selves? <laughs> you know, he's, he's really welcoming of people. He accepts people. You know, he assumes the best about people. And I think there's a lot of room for, um, in, in these cartoons and in KO, especially, we see a lot of bigger themes being explored on a, you know, much more micro level for kids that are about acceptance, that are about, like, you know, KO doesn't know who his dad is. KO's right. mom runs a dojo that trains female heroes, and there's no dudes in the dojo. You know, that's that's something different in representation because the majority of heroes are men in media. Um, but does it, is it a, you know, purposeful shaping of, of kids? I, I don't know. But I think it's, those are all things that are like, that's great. You should be cool with, you know, it. There are kids out there who don't know who their dads are or their parents aren't together or, you know, they're dealing with separation. They're dealing with finding their place in the world. They're dealing with wanting something and having to come up against their things that, you know, that that they need to learn before they can get to that level. That's the beauty. You know, KO is literally going through the levels. Right. Both and that's literally what... and figuratively. Right, and that's like seeming to be a trend that I'm noticing in cartoons nowadays um, with the show OKKO and the fact that Cartoon Network recently just did a crossover, crossover Nexus, and had all Mm. these other shows involved, like Steven Universe, which is continuously praised by viewers for uh, representation, for just kind of a different style of uh, cartoons that I don't remember having growing up and I think it's really great that you're a part of this and this is what the cartoons are doing nowadays well I think you know it's interesting because I remember watching Bugs Bunny there's a particular Bugs Bunny where he uh he goes to the uh mad scientist castle he's in a castle right and they um there's that the big red creature oh my god yes (laughs) so you think about when that came out, um, you know, I'm, I don't even know what year that came out, but I'm assuming probably the 60s. And uh, Bugs Bunny is very, like, sort of vamping as a, a gay guy when he's doing the creature's nails and he's, you know, putting rollers of dynamite in his hair. Um, and I, I think that was to have some, I don't know if it was considered, you know, representation. I, I don't know what the mindset was behind it, but I always thought, oh, that's, when I was he's vamping and um uh maybe that's not the case but I feel like when there was a little bit of that when we were kids and maybe we didn't catch it and it's definitely much more overt now and I and I love it because I you know I grew up in San Francisco I remember you know going to school with people who had two moms going to school with you know 
people with different needs and different home situations and stuff. And so now to bring that into the light and, and I think it's a trend throughout media that can't happen fast enough is all of that kind of inclusivity and representation is, is really key because we all want to see some version of ourselves on the screen in the game. You know, you may not always choose that character to be your favorite, but it's really nice to be able to turn on a screen and be like, that's me. That's my ethnicity. That's my gender. That's my sexual orientation. Um, so yeah, I'm thrilled and, and I, I hope it continues to happen through all areas of media because we're a diverse society. I know. And I just, I, it's great because you hear like with a lot of things that are coming out, people, who are saying how happy they are that their children can finally turn on the TV and see someone, something on screen that looks more like them as opposed to when I was growing up, when you were growing up, and what we saw was really just few and far in between. And now they're having it and they're really, you know, and you have people who, of course, are the naysayers, but we're going to drown them out and we're going to, <laughs> you know, just really enjoy the fact that – and when you have diversity, it's just a much better, uh, it's just a much better time watching something as opposed to just watching the same old, same old. Right. I mean, when, here's the thing and, and diversity and inclusivity, that's, that's everybody. So you can be a naysayer, but your parents, you could be a naysayer and be, you know, your parents could have gotten divorced. So wouldn't it be nicer instead of just seeing the Brady Bunch, you know, which is what I saw and then having my parents be divorced and not happily remarried and all that stuff. I, I was, it, how nice to turn on the TV and be like, oh, yeah, there are people whose parents aren't together and everything is cool. And this person has a single mom and this person, you know, like there wasn't that. And, and I think everybody, even if they are just focusing on one aspect of it, sexuality or, or whatever, um, can can benefit from from all kinds of diversity, all kinds of different situations to make people feel like what they've got going on at home is okay and normal. And so it's, it's a much bigger picture than just focusing on one aspect of it. And I think we all benefit when shows have a lot of um, different kinds of representation. Yeah, I completely agree with you, and it's really awesome to sit down and speak with someone who really is thinking about this, and, and you are a part of helping out and making sure that we get this message across. Um, I really hope that, you know, your roles continue doing this and that you continue going to these conventions and really promoting voting and all that kind of stuff. Um, I know that you are heading out to Australia, which I can't even fathom. That's so cool to me. I'm going to fan out for a moment. Um, but, you know, is there anything that besides what you're doing in Australia that you have coming up that you would want to promote, you want to speak about right now? Well, uh, I just finished a little game that dropped last week called Call of Duty, Black Ops 4. Um and I'm super excited about that. That's a, I feel incredibly lucky to get to play characters that are, you know, kick-ass 
women and Scarlet Rhodes is no exception. Uh, she's got a great backstory. The game looks amazing. The gameplay is super fun. And uh, I'm just, uh, I'm, <laughs> I'm just kind of blown away by the response that the game has gotten. And I'm, um, I mean, I think that's probably the only thing that I get to talk about right now, but there's a couple <laughs> of really great things on the horizon um, that will be in the hopper for 2019. Um, but uh, so I'm going to be doing some, some, some talking about, about black ops and uh, yeah. And so do you ever get to, do you ever get to play any of your video games that you're involved in? I feel like that would be kind of surreal that as you're playing, you hear yourself. Surreal or, uh, yes, I play, I I mean, a little teeny bit. Like, I'm not going to, I've watched people play Call of Duty. I'm such a beginner that, like, <laughs> I would just get wiped out immediately. Um <laughs> But uh, I definitely sit and watch my nephews play, and I watch the cutscenes and stuff. And it is really weird to have my voice coming out of my TV. It's—I don't know that you ever get totally over that. Like when you hear your voice on a message, like someone plays back a message that you left, and you're like, "Ew, is that me? Oh my god!" Yeah, <laughs> I get that like, all the time. I <laughs> yeah, I—I uh, I didn't watch anything that I did for a long time. Um, and now I'm trying to sort of go back and enjoy looking at performances and kind of learning from, from what I've done to try and get, get better, um, and, you know, learn more about the medium, but I, uh, I am lousy at gaming and (laughs) it is, it it will never not be weird to have me screaming out of my TV while I'm trying to like pay bills. <laughs> and like I want to go in the other room because uh, you know you can't. I think you can't help but kind of be like, oh, I wish, I wish I could redo that. I'm, I'm always. I wish I could go back and I should have hit that, or I wish that had sounded a little more, you know, in the moment or something like that. But for the most part, I am like, oh, that's pretty cool. Like I'm a lot uh, more gentle on myself now. So I can go back and enjoy and be like, that's, oh, that's fun. I see how that works together with everything that the devs did. And that looks really good and that fits. So um, it's important as a, as an artist of any kind that you, you know, be gentle with yourself and know it's just a process and nothing that you're doing right now is the final product. The final product is the final product is so far down the road that this is just part of the process. And so, you know, I'm going back and checking things out and, I was really happy to see the the stuff from from <laughs> Call of Duty. I looked at some of the Easter eggs and stuff. It's it's, it's a really great game. They put a ton of work into it, and um, the guys at Treyarch, the team, should be very happy, which I know they are. Awesome. I've never personally played Call of Duty, but I know that it's a huge game, and I'm that's going to be so exciting. I'm really happy for everyone who's going to you know get their hands on uh, the controller and just go at it. Yeah. Yeah. And if anyone's in Australia, please come by PAX in Melbourne and uh, 
come say hi. Um, I'll be doing that as the last convention of the year, but I will be um, doing, I'll be putting up my schedule on Facebook and I make announcements on Twitter is sort of my go-to. My Twitter account is at Courtney Taylor and my name is spelled C-O-U-R-T-E-N-A-Y. Fancy Courtney Taylor. Um, And I I usually drop stuff on Twitter just to let people know. Um, I know I have a few conventions lined up for next year. I'm not sure if they've been announced yet, but I'm going to try and, and get out of LA and meet people, you know, all over as much as I can. And nerds vote is at nerds vote on social media, um, all of our events and, and things on there. So that's, you know, a great way to reach out. Um, yeah, that's, that's kind of what I got going on right now. <laughs> and that's awesome. And I really hope that we maybe get to see you hopefully at near Comic-Con, uh, in 2019 and you can definitely you know keep an eye on our site uh you know we're on twitter instagram facebook geek vibes nation we'll definitely be putting out uh alerts about that our website gvnnation.com um just definitely check us out i have enjoyed tremendously speaking with you today um and thank you again thank you again for making the time coming to us and you know safe trip to australia Thank you so much. Please, you know, stay in touch. And um, and if you are interested, you know, I'd love to come to New York Comic Con. You guys always got to let, let your con masters know who you want to see there. But um, we will do our best, either myself and or Nerds Vote, to get out to New York Comic Con in 2019. And um, just thank you guys so much for for listening and paying attention and it was really nice to talk to you, Tia. Thank you. Thank you. You have a great day. All right, Courtney. <laughs> you too. Bye-bye.